0: Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Ken is my boss at Stanford, where we work in the philosophy department. Even
1: though you're the smarter one. Oh, thanks, Ken.
0: Philosophy's nice work if you can get it, as Charlie Bird reminds us. This week's episode is coming to you live from Philosophy Corner at Stanford University.
1: Oh, there you go again, John. We're not on campus. We're not at Philosophy Corner. We're at KALW San Francisco, our presenting station ken what's our what's our topic this week it's the question of would you want to live forever now we need to be clear
0: uh, we're not we're not talking about religion here. I mean, a lot of you out there in Radio Land would like to be saved and a lot of you probably would just as soon not be saved. But we're not talking about that kind of immortality.
1: We're talking about immortality as a human being here on earth.
0: Right, just to imagine being as you are or maybe as you were when you were a bit healthier and happier and just continuing to live forever, never yeah.
1: dying. Would well, you like to do that or not? Well, this seems to me an easy question. I mean, there's a pretty simple argument you can give. I mean, first part Dying is a bad thing, right? You agree about that, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, in say, most for most cases, yeah, unless a, you're in terrible pain or something. Right, right. So why is why is death such a bad thing? It's not because of death, because death is nothing, right? We could let's s- assume for the sake of argument that being dead
0: is nothing. There's, okay, there's nothing bad about being dead. It's just getting dead that yeah, is sometimes right.
1: very painful. I mean, and, and you could imagine it, it, getting dead and dead in a not very painful way, right? But yeah. so it's a bad thing to die. Why? Well, it's not because of the death. It's because of what ta- death takes away from us. It takes away life. Life is a good thing, and death deprives us of it. Now, here's my argument: life is a good thing. More of a good thing is better than less of a good thing. So, who what, wouldn't you want more life, better well, than less life? Up to a point. Two two things. First of all, we're
0: not asking whether on any given day you're going to choose to die the next day, even though you're in good health and everything. We're talking about right now, looking at it dispassionately. You say, would it be good for me to live forever or not? Right. Imagine, and, and then. To your other point, I'd say, look... I mean, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, it goes on and on, but it's it's really good. And when it ends, you almost would like more. But if it went on for an hour or two hours or three hours more
1: or a century more? Well, right. I mean, the, but that would get monotonous. That's true. Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. But, you know, after you listen to the Ninth, you can listen to the Seventh. You can listen to the Fifth. You can do more and more things, different things. And I, I, let me give you... Okay, suppose you're 95 years old and you've lived a good, good, happy life. You're in full health. And you say, and I say to you, John, would you like one more day? What are you going to say? I would say you just committed the
0: first fallacy that I reminded you of a minute ago. We're not asking whether on a given day you're going to choose to die. We're saying lifting yourself up from your life, looking at a dispassionate view, you're going to say, is it a good thing for me to live forever, a good thing for me? Or, Or even if at the moment it happens, I'm not exactly happy about it. Wouldn't it be better if my life had a shape? Yeah. If, if, if I could make plans, if it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, if at 90 years old maybe I could watch my son who would then be 70 assume the leadership of, of the family without this grandfather hanging around and my daughter and my younger son yeah. who would, Okay, if, I get it, I get it. You, got, mean, you got pretty high standards. To have
1: a shape. I mean, you got pretty high standards. Well, if life ought to have a shape, then, you know, you need to get in shape. But anyway, now you've got pretty high standards. I mean, I think life would just be be pleasant just be pleasure and you could enjoy things for a very very long time you know would you like to live forever
0: let us know what you think join our discussion at 415 841
1: 4134. Especially tell us the circumstances under which you'd like to live forever. We've asked, uh, now we have our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen. She's going to give us a look into the practical possibilities of immortality. Her report starts with the humor of Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, the 2,000-year-old man. That's old. In
0: 1960, a phenomenon came to the attention of the world. man claiming to be 2,000 years old was proven by our foremost medical authorities to be just that.
2: (laughs) How old is the oldest person you know? 80? 90? 100 years old? Did you ever think you'd make it to be even older than that?
3: You are now 2013. What what has kept you alive? Will to live. Ah, yes, that that is the will to live. Is Not the will to to live. Doctor to live. Doctor will to live. I think there's no question that the potential of us all living to 120 is there.
2: Dr. Philip Miller from California's Los Gatos Longevity Institute. I mean,
3: just think about the turn of the century. You know, the average age that you die was about 47. Now it's 78. That age is going to keep creeping up no matter what we do.
2: Is it really going to keep on creeping up until we're 100, 200, 2,000 years old? What
3: is aging? We don't know is the short answer.
2: That's Bill Hurlbut, a consulting professor in biology at Stanford University and a member of the President's Council on Bioethics.
3: The major parties of argument in this are, one is aging is the cumulative effect of all the generalized breakdown in the body. And by that theory, anything you do to to treat any one of the organ systems will help the overall system and perhaps add a little more life.
2: So say you get new lungs, heart kidneys. Your body would last longer, but you might not enjoy it much.
3: Okay, now the second theory is that there is a unitary process called aging that inevitably afflicts any cells in the body. And if there is an inbuilt senescence to cell life, then there might be something called aging.
2: In that case, there may be some way to turn back the process or at least slow it down, but scientists are a long ways from finding it. Until then, there are a few tricks which seem to work. Precise doses of antioxidants like vitamin E may help extend life, and Hurlbut, who skips both breakfast and lunch, says that eating less may also help.
0: Sir, what was your diet like 2,000 years ago? 2,000 years ago, we
3: only ate what God meant, the organic, the natural. <laughs> like what? Clouds, stars. <laughs> <laughs> Rocks! Turns out that caloric restriction is genuinely effective in increasing longevity. When they calorically restrict mice, they can live, I think, 50 to 70% longer, or something like that. It's in that order of magnitude.
2: But the more complex the animal, the harder it is to extend life. Relatively speaking, humans already have fairly long lifespans. Hurlbut says we may have evolved this way because things like wisdom and life experience, which take a while to get, actually help the species survive.
3: Across time, evolutionary process increased both complexity and longevity, so that older and older living creatures evolved.
2: If that's true, maybe we just aren't built to live any longer than we already do. It may just be a matter of natural selection.
3: Which doesn't mean that we won't all live longer. It just means that we will come eventually against, you know, at least on the average, a kind of maximal lifespan, which I wouldn't be at all surprised ends up being something like 120 to 140 years.
2: I have over 42,000 children, (laughs) and not one comes to visit me. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen.
0: Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.